I'm Alan Kogan. Join me as I tour the country tasting different whiskeys and discussing the craft of distillation with local distillers, whiskey lovers, and even those who are new to the culture of spirits. Welcome to The Kogan Conversation. In this episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with co-founder Jim Larkin and head distiller Kevin Zadie from Merlarkey Distilled Spirits, located in Bristow, Virginia. Jim and Kevin discussed their proud support for local farms and showcased their unique offerings that set Merlarkey apart from other craft distilleries. If you like this episode and others we've done, I'd appreciate a share on social media and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Hope you enjoy the episode. Cheers. All right, so we're here in Merlarkey in Bristow, Virginia, the distillery on site with Kevin and Jim. Well, thank you, uh, and Alan, thanks for having us. Uh, I, my name is Jim Larkin. I'm the, one of the co-founders of Malarkey Distilled Spirits, along with my cousin Tom Murray and my brother Mike Larkin. Uh, we formed this company back in 2000, late, late 2014, early 15, and we opened our doors in 2016. So it's a second career for us. We're all having a fun time, and it's been a uh, it's been a great experience so far, and we're looking forward to uh, moving forward. Awesome. And the Murrays, Larkins, and their grandparents were the Kellys. So Murray, Larkin, Kelly, Merlarkey, plus Malarkey means bullshit in Irish, so it kind of fits the whole atmosphere here. So I love that. And and I'm Kevin Zadie. I'm the head distiller here. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yes, thank you both for having me. This is awesome. I, I, I've, I've tried one of your bourbons before, the Smokehouse, and uh, shamefully, I've never bought a bottle. I've just had a friend who had it when I moved here. Um, but I'm interested to see your lineup and what you have to offer because Virginia has a lot of cool whiskey history. And I mean, you're here and I've seen it, you know, farm to flask on your, on your signs. So tell me about, you know, tell me about the distillery and how you came to get into this business. Sure. Well, you know, this is the brainchild of my brother, Mike, and his father-in-law, George Poppy Zwetko. Poppy is our, uh, is his father-in-law. And uh, he's an executive chef, a five-star chef out of New York City and uh, many years of, of private dining and corporate dining. And, and he really thinks in flavors. And so uh, he now is our head mixologist, but more importantly, he assists Kevin with uh, the, uh, the infusion part mostly of our, of our spirits. Um, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of craft distilling in Virginia. And it really has uh, skyrocketed in terms of not only growth, but popularity, not also not only in Virginia, but throughout the United States. Yes. So we think that uh, as a second career for us, we looked at a business plan and we thought that it might be an opportunity to uh, get ahead of the curve, ahead uh, of the distilling curve. And we feel like we did that. And that helped carry us through some challenging times as, uh, as COVID uh, uh, provided for us as well as every other business. But in this particular industry, um, uh, it was nice to be ahead of the curve, being a lot more ABC stores in Virginia, and a little have uh, have a little bit more of a well-known uh, brand and name recognition in Virginia, so that in those tough times, folks still thought of Malarkey. Absolutely, I mean Malarkey is kind of hard to miss. Yeah, well, we think so. It's a, <laughs> we 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 always smile when we hear Malarkey uh, uh, because not only is it a blessing to have uh, bottles on our on the shelves bearing our names, but uh, it truly is, as Kevin mentioned, uh, a play on the word Malarkey. So yeah. a bunch of Irish kids grew up in New England. Uh, moved down here uh, about 20 years ago. All our families now and children are are in Virginia. Now the children are from Virginia, so we've effectively made the transition from uh, from the Northeast down to the 
to uh, Virginia. That's beautiful. Well, yeah. before I ask Kevin how he got into his <laughs> awesome job that I hope to have one day, because <laughs> my job is just paperwork. <laughs> well, how did did you get into this distilling first, or did you were just the business side of it? How did you get into whiskey? So my brother Mike and 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 Poppy were uh, basically experimenting at the house. They were having a lot of fun. Uh, uh, experimenting with things like brewing their own beer, uh, partnering with local vintners to make their own wine. Uh, Poppy makes everything from his own pickles to, uh, wow. to his own kombucha, to things like that. He's always, um, as I mentioned, young at heart, he's always uh, tinkering um, with when it comes to food, beverages, yeah. flavors. Um, so when, we, when they started looking at distillation, uh, Poppy thought it would be uh, an incredible opportunity. Not only did they love their brown whiskeys, vodkas, and gins, but an opportunity to explore the market of infused whiskeys. So they really came into um, making a corn whiskey, 100% Virginia corn, and infusing that all naturally uh, wow. with flavors such as uh, natural ingredients, such as cinnamon sticks, uh, lemon peel and lemon wheels, uh, dehydrated organic baby bananas, uh, to name a few. And of course, the line has exploded in these past eight years. Uh, having Kevin on board has allowed Poppy to spend more time, less time distilling and more time uh, infusing. Very cool. Yes, sir. No added sugar, colors, flavors, preservatives, any of those flavor infusions. They're all natural. They're the way flavored whiskey should taste like. They're not the fireballs, the red stags, the sugared up, you know, sickly sweet ones. Um, so, Kevin, tell me about how you got into distilling. Uh, so, 17 years ago, I may or may not have started making moonshine in my backyard. Um, <laughs> this is my first legal job here. I've been here about seven years. Literally, before they opened, I was peering in the window. Uh, Jim came up and, you know, opened the door and said, can I help you? I said, I'm really into whiskey. When are you guys going to open up? Um, he said, come back in a few weeks. I did. I got to know them very well. Great people. I started helping them out at some festivals and stuff. Eventually, they said, hey, we need a little bit of help in the back. You want to come you know, do this for a living? Kind of the old <laughs> twist the arm moment. Right place, right time. Great people. And it's been, been wonderful ever since. That's so cool. I, what I love about a lot of these craft distilleries that are, have been popping up exponentially in the last decade is the, the room to experiment and try different things. I mean, everyone knows what bourbon is. Everyone knows what American single malt is. And, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there. I don't want, I don't want to step on the brands like Jim Beam or Jack Daniels. They're, they're great stuff. But there's a lot of these small little places like yourself that are doing some different things and trying different things. You have more room to work with. You don't have uh, a rack house of 9,000 barrels that need to taste the same to sell in the same Correct. bottle. Correct. Every bottle that you make is going to be different. Correct. And, and you mentioned some of the big boys. Uh, they have become um, a true... Spirits manufacturers, no question. But if you think if, and if you visited those locations, which are tremendous experiences in and of themselves, oh, yeah. they all started very humbly. They started with a family on a farm and a passion. And at the end of the day, that's what the new boys are trying to recreate in their own way. Mm -hmm. Us uh, in particular is our story, our spirits, uh, our, um, our history. And if we're blessed that that will continue and resonates with our guests both in Virginia and outside, then eventually maybe once uh, one day we'll become uh, one of the big boys. Yeah, I, I love to see Merlarkey as a national brand. It's a, <laughs> it's a great name. I just, I, I love saying it. Absolutely. 
It's funny you were talking about the experiments and stuff and be a little bit different. You know, you mentioned the smokehouse. That's actually a whiskey, not a bourbon, because it's not in a new charred oak barrel. Ah, yes. So we do a couple different things. We've got a heritage whiskey where we take Virginia red wine barrels from local wineries. We take it outside and we char it ourselves. We char the red wine barrel and put our 70% corn, 20% rye, 10% apple and cherrywood smoked malted barley inside that barrel and age it in that charred red wine barrel. Ooh. That's our heritage whiskey. So that's more closer to an Irish style whiskey because yeah. it's a little softer, a little easier drinking, maybe a little hint of fruitiness in the mid palate and then the smokehouse we take stays from our barrels we cut them up into little pieces put them in the top of a smoker 10 pounds of slab bacon at the bottom smoke that bacon for eight hours the smoke gets in that wood put that wood in the barrel heritage whiskey for a month we've got a couple here if you want to try to sample some of those while we're talking about them yeah if you, you brought it up yeah absolutely. absolutely so this is our heritage this is our first really our our first flagship age whiskey here like i said in the charred red wine barrel i want jimmy real easy drinking some great flavors to it so it's fun for us in particular to educate our guests on uh the difference between bourbon and and whiskey in yeah. particular virginia whiskey and um uh not everybody knows exactly the difference so it's fun in our tasting room uh and when kevin's doing tours to uh to explain uh to to th that definition to folks see it's not real easy easy drinking but great flavors a lot of different layers to it yeah it's very fruity absolutely that red wine layer is that whiskey zone in and out of that barrel is picking up especially that mid palate you get that fruitiness coming in yeah and then most of our whiskeys at the tail end you'll get a little bit of um, pipe tobacco smoke and just a hint of smoke that's from that apple and cherrywood smoked malted barley which is very unique even comes through in our bourbon and everything which is nice so it kind of separates us out a lot of people can pick us out of lineups because of that specific taste yeah oh man that's cool see and that's, that's the thing too is that i mean you, jim you talked about the the difference between <laughs> bourbon and whiskey a lot of people don't, I, I, it's an uphill battle for me telling people, oh you, oh, you like bourbon, but what about, do you like whiskey? It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sit sometimes down. Sometimes it's easier, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but it's really sh easy to show an, a, a benchmark bourbon or a benchmark whiskey that just is a general whiskey flavor. But stuff like this where you have, it's other flavor profiles that, you know, it's really cool because some people who don't think they're a whiskey person gets to this and thinks, oh, wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, right. So ha have you found it? it Part of the, the fun of this job is to create interesting things. I mean, you, you, you fall asleep at night, have a dream about something, try it out, and then someone loves it. No question. Um, what, what George and uh, Pop, with Poppy and, uh, and Kevin come up with are, um, are, are, are staple products that can scale, number one. But mm -hmm. more importantly, the infusion process and the other ways to, to create different flavors. We're, we're, we're fortunate that we have two uh, very... Um, uh, experienced whiskey palates and whiskey drinkers <laughs> to lead our whiskey company. Uh, and that gives us not only credibility, but it gives us uh, comfort that uh, when, when guests come in, and we have a lot of guests from the non-whiskey drinker to the, uh, to the, uh, to the very um, uh, passionate whiskey drinker, uh, these guys give them the opportunity to talk the same language. <laughs> And, uh, and that, that makes us feel very comfortable. We do get a lot of people come in and say, I'm not a whiskey person. They're thinking scotch, bourbons, that kind of things. But with their flavor-infused lines, they're all, oh, my God, that's amazing. It tastes like you, you can have a chocolate hazelnut truffle drink or you can have a lemon <laughs> meringue pie or right. an orange dreamsicle. And they're like, oh, my God, I guess I like whiskey now, which is kind of cool having that extension. Yeah. Then also seeing the, the connoisseurs, as Jimmy Manch, trying the smokehouse or trying the heritage or trying our birthright bourbon and you know having their eyes go wow that's really really good especially at some of the ages they're at is really kind of gratifying when it comes through as well 
Has there been any uphill battle with marketing to like any whiskey snobs that say, oh, they're infusing their whiskey? Or is that has that kind of gone away as you've built credibility? No, well, it has it has softened a little bit, lessened in, in that in that regard. But um, we'll to to some of those whiskey aficionados or AKA snobs, <laughs> uh, we we potentially would never be or replace uh, what they're looking for, which is from a, a 200 year old whiskey house. <laughs> right. Um but if we can, if we can uh, charm them into at least trying some of our things, understanding what our story is, mm-hmm. even if they, uh, they, they wouldn't put us up against some of their 10, 12, 15 year aged, uh, bigger houses yet, yet <laughs> they give us, uh, they, they give us the opportunity to, and they walk away with the, with, with the feeling that we know what we're doing. We're, uh, we're on the right path. And they actually give us our their blessing, and to some degree, that's uh, th- that that makes us feel very special and, and proud that uh, those 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 folks that scrutinize uh, very 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 uh, strictly uh, give us the opportunity to grow. Sure, I think it has gone away since we don't add sugar into these, and they're not sugared up, especially the flavor infused lines. I yeah. think we get more of a pass because it's not sickly sweet you're not getting diabetes from drinking a glass of it anything (laughs) like that and then when we show them our age line and they see the quality of what we're doing with that you know they get an understanding okay you're covering all the bases for the people who don't like whiskey and don't want to taste the alcohol in there right to the the snobs as you say who want to have the age whiskey and get the really nice taste the caramels the cherries the vanillas the leathers those kind of things still come through yeah absolutely well, the, the one that you just gave me was phenomenal. And you said there's another one, right? I just poured the smokehouse for you as okay. well, which I think you've had. Yeah. We do have another one. Speaking of experimentals, we have a single barrel experimental line called Brutality. This is different every time. This is our 26 Brutality. This one, we took one of our Heritage whiskey barrels, emptied it, gave it to Tucked Away Brewing in Manassas. They put a stout in there, aged a stout in that barrel for six months. We got the barrel back, put our 70-20-10 mash bill in there for four more years. We took it out of the barrel. Then we, t- instead of proofing it down with water to 100 proof for bottling, we got some ornery beer company Vienna Lager and proofed it down with that. So it's very, very unique. A lot of different layers on it. And this one's been very popular. These are, every time they're crazy, wildly different. And that's what people are really looking for. They really like our brutalities because they know it's going to be something unique and something different. And that's the ones where Poppy and I will wake up in the middle of the night and say, hey, what if we charred one of our cinnamon barrels and put a four-year heritage whiskey or bourbon in there for another two years, what would happen? Yeah. And that's where some of those stuff comes through and people are all, wow, that's just different and amazing. I think I just poured you one right there too if you want to give that one a try. Beautiful. Well, first of all, this smokehouse is, I, I've had this before and I I, lo- I love bacon. Mm-hmm. Would, do you guys have a party with the bacon you use after? Nobody calls in <laughs> sick that Friday when we have BLT, so it's that's amazing. Right. That's so cool. I mean, I mean, it's so flavorful. But big it, barbecue it, smoke. It's not a, not like an Elas smoke. You're not tasting the the peat or the dirt or anything. But yeah. it is like a barbecue in there. So in a old fashioned, you get the smoke really coming through. And a Bloody Mary works very well as well. That'd be perfect in a cocktail. Because and again, like for someone who's not a whiskey drinker, they introduce them to something like this. It's not sugary or full of you know that liquid campfire. It's a legit process. Correct. Right? That's Correct. awesome. Yeah. If I'm grilling like a pork butt on my back porch, having a glass of that on the rocks, it really comes through. You get the pork smoke smoke going. Get that big barbecue flavor coming through. It's just so good. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, uh, before I try the next yep, one, yep. tell me about the product and and how much are you working with Virginia Farms? And, and uh, tell me about that story, because I love that about local craft distilleries where they're trying to be community-based. Sure, sure. Well, when we started, you know, we started very humbly as a family business. 
And uh, so hence, uh, when our when we went to the Brown Whiskies, uh, we used uh, and sourced Virginia red wine barrels. They were local. They were abundant. Uh, they became neutral at the at the vintners' uh, discretion. And so when we could get those readily available, we could age some whiskeys. And we had to do some coopering there with uh, taking off the tops and re-putting them back on, things of that nature. So that was exciting for us. Um, most of our products when we started out uh, were 100% Virginia. Uh, we did start out with a uh, with a potato vodka, oh, and that was a, an award winning, two time gold medal winning uh, uh, potato vodka, and it was it was delicious and 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 uh, resonated with us as an Irish family being uh, having a having a potato vodka. Th- through COVID, though, we had a hard time sourcing the potatoes uh, and bringing them in, and so we decided uh, to have a strategic uh, decision to go 100% Virginia with all our grains. So now our, our vodka is 100% uh, Virginia corn. Wow. So that's exciting for us. Uh, we do not believe that we took a back a back uh, a step backwards. In fact, we think in quality we move forward uh, with Kevin and um, Poppy's uh, the ability to uh, f- uh, c- carbon filter it. It is uh, a second to none uh, Virginia vodka. So we're very proud of that. But it's gone then now 100% as a company to farm the flask, as we say, uh, and have a tagline. It's 100% Virginia. Anything we can do from Virginia, we do. Our barrels are from Speyside Bourbon Cooperage down south of Roanoke. Yep. Our coffee's Haymarket Coffee Roaster up the street. The tea's Virginia Tea Company. All the grains, Virginia. So anything we can do to give back to local farmers, local businesses, we do. We know people are coming here to drink local. We want to give back local as well. No, it's beautiful. I, I And I appreciate that. But what about when you guys first started? Were you sourcing anything to just make ends meet or were your white spirits paying the bill? Paying We've the bills? always done our own yeah. stuff here. Correct. So Very 100%. Cool. We haven't been sourcing we want to look ourselves in the mirror and know that we're making our stuff and putting it out there. Not to say there's anything wrong with sourcing or anything, but you know, we feel better about making our own product all the way. Yeah. And, and, and to, to, you know, echo that, um, when we started, it was, uh, the, the vodka and the gin and then the white whiskey and that white whiskey was infused with the lemon peel and the, and the cinnamon sticks. Ah. It wasn't until Kevin started knocking on our door and asking where our brown whiskey barrels were <laughs> that, um, we really, started to say as a company uh you know how are we going to scale how are we going to move forward what is the future of our of our brand uh and that's when we made a uh, business decision to also do and focus on brown whiskeys as well yeah and until kevin came on we really didn't have that confidence to do that and, sure. and certainly now we do well cheers to you being uh, here thank you thank you a lot of people <laughs> were asking you know, where's your bourbon where's your aged whiskey where's your whatever they're coming in getting the flavor infusions the vodka and gin which are all wonderful yeah they still you know those connoisseurs were looking for the brown whiskeys yeah the market's exploded in that big Correct. time i mean it's it's been wild Crazy. to watch big time and I, I i know you being in virginia being a distillery or even a liquor store is is a unique legal experience in in the state um but you just go across the, the potomac to dc or up north to maryland it's the secondary market is selling some rare Wild bottles, West. rare quote unquote bottles for 500% more. No question. It's no insane. Question. No, it is insane. And uh, that's where some something like the brutalities come in. They're single barrel, they're limited releases. So even we, we feel that pinch uh, at our own distillery because locals look to come there and it sells out fairly quickly. So yeah. while we feel uh, disappointed that they couldn't get theirs, it actually puts a... Uh, uh, an importance on making sure that they do get it as soon as it comes out. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your the, the, the pride in actually working here with your hands as a small craft operation. I'm sure, Are you bottling by hand or are you? We are. Yeah. So two bottles at a time right now. Do you think any of that TLC, that hands-on TLC gives a little bit more quality to the product? 
I, I think so. There's no automation on our stills here, so it's all me, smell, taste, yeah. adjusting stuff. In the summertime, it can be 120 degrees in here. The wintertime, it can be 50. <laughs> so I've got to do stuff differently in the summer than the winter. So it is art guided by science at that point. It is a little bit of my soul, a little bit of Poppy's soul in every batch that we do. Wow. Blending is another thing that's very important. People don't think about, you know, our small batches are five barrels. You don't want to randomly grab five barrels and put them together. Maybe disjointed. They may not, you know, work with each other. So sitting down and tasting through a bunch of barrels and finding the ones that work together is very important as well. So every step of the way is, you know, hand done here from putting the grains in the mash done to running the still to tuning the still, putting them in the barrels, aging them, putting the yeast in, bottling, everything. The pride of ownership is huge and being able to do that every step of the way and know we don't have a computer program doing it or anything along those lines. Yeah, no, that's that's so cool. I mean, it, it kind of adds the terroir and the you know, you're you're standing on the ground, you're making the actual product. It's not a big machinery thing, which I mean, hey, make your money. But I Absolutely. love this. Correct. Correct. And that that will be our, our company's uh, biggest, I guess, uh, concern moving forward is as we scale. Right. How do you maintain that level of authenticity that our our customers, our, 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 our clients have, have, have come to accept and, and appreciate and expect? Right. Uh, so we do not take that lightly. But as Kevin mentioned, uh, once his once once he's blended the spirits and it's bottle ready, it goes through a, uh, a, a about twelve more hands, six more people of hand lit bottling, hand labeling, hand capsuling, uh, hand corking, hand stacking. So it uh, there are a lot of folks that uh, appreciate that hands on experience, and we need to continue to make make sure that as we move forward, we 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 maintain that. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I love it. Well, so this is the heritage you poured. Yes. Uh, so that's the brutality. Brutality. I'm the brutality. Sorry. Absolutely. The experimental one. That's with the beer and everything else going into it. Ooh, that's different. Very unique. Great fall sipper. This one's pretty good. We had one that uh, we put into a Hungarian oak barrel. Hungarian oak has more vanillins in it, so it came out tasting like a creme brulee. Oh. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> the one before this, we uh, aged in a charred red wine barrel for five years, had big cherry and vanilla notes on it, which was nice. This one's very unique, which is kind of cool. You really can taste the different layers. You get that roasted malt. You get some sweetness. You get some little chocolate, maybe a little vanilla going in there as well. So it's pretty cool. It's a lot of chocolate on that. I get that's mm. oh, absolutely that's very that's nice. Really good. So uh, how limited is that? How many bottles of that? About two hundred and ten bottles out of that barrel right there. Wow. When it's gone, it's gone. So I think we've got maybe ten more. Correct. Um, so it's just about. So I just released it last week. So. A few remaining, and then the next one will be out probably February, March of next year. We do two or three releases of those a year. No question. And it's fun because uh, depending on what the barrel yields, you'll get anywhere from 180 to 220 bottles, right? Right. Uh, at 750 milliliters, and we bottle at 100 proof or 50% alcohol. Some releases, the guests don't even get to try. We have such a limited amount that we don't even have them sample. So <laughs> it's uh, it's a testament to their trust in us. Um, built up quite the following that people do just come in and buy it sight and seeing, taste untasted. Yeah, correct. And most, I would say, uh, a good fifty percent of our of our guests that buy it buy a second bottle. They'll 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 drink one and save one, and uh, and then after they've because they will like or prefer one more over the other, right? Of course. Uh, this has this Oktoberfest sort of beer flavor. The one before it had that. Uh, that that uh, cherry, uh, cherry, so that cherry blossom we called it. Uh, if they prefer the cherry blossom over the Vienna Lager, then they're more apt to come back and say, "Hey, has anybody not picked up uh, cherry blossom or something like that <laughs> nature?" So it is, uh, it is a nice relationship that we have with these folks. 
Do you enjoy doing those special one-offs more than, you know, the general that's always available? Is there any kind of... They're extra? definitely fun to do because it's experimental. You know, the other ones were trying to hit a profile and yeah. looking for it to be close to everything else, whereas these ones just go crazy, come up with some crazy idea where their poppy comes up with something or I do. So it's fun to do, but, you know, I'm a big bourbon guy, so I definitely love doing our regular Birthright or Birthright Distiller Select and the Heritage because that's what I drink every day. Sure. Very cool. Is have you found a sweet spot for aging or do you have a, uh, is it like, no, I have to get it on the shelf or is it? So right now we've got a couple <laughs> different age forms. So our smokehouse and our heritage are four years old. So okay. they've hit that mark. Our uh, birthright distiller select is a single barrel release that we release every other month. Basically that's four years old and that's barrel proof. Um, barrel proof for us is low. We put the whiskey into the barrel at 110 proof. Our proof actually goes down. It comes uh -huh. out somewhere between 103 to 105 proof. Wow. One thing very unique about us, we age everything in uh, steel shipping containers out in the parking lots here. We call them our redneck brick houses. <laughs> so in the summertime, it can be 150 degrees in there. Yeah. In the wintertime, it can be five degrees in there. So when it's hot, the whiskey goes deep into the wood. When it's cold, it pushes it out. So we get extreme cycles, hot to cold. We get great flavors at different ages. So right now, our regular birthright small batch is three years old. Um, the distiller select is four years old. We've got some that are aging longer that will have five, six, seven, eight years we need to wait for that to happen. Right. So right now we found that, you know, three years and up have really, really great flavors to it. Very. I love that. That's just in shipping containers in the Absolutely. back. Absolutely. That's so cool. You know, <laughs> it wasn't even really a conscious decision. It's we need to store these somewhere. What are we going to do? We got the containers and just saw that, wow, it's just crazy how great the flavors came out. Yeah. And especially the summertime, all that angel share stays in there. Yep. So sometimes I'll go out there and open up the container, take a step inside. <sighs> Instant buzz going on. It's awesome. You can't beat all that evaporated whiskey's just sitting in the air there. Very cool. And they'll sell tickets for that experience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. So what is what is your benchmark bourbon? The birthright? So the birthright. I've got um got here. This is the distiller select. This is the four-year I'll give you a sample of here. And we sell it in a nice cool box and everything. It is barrel proof, single barrel. You tasted that there. Thank you. So Birthright is our bourbon. We've got Birthright, the regular three-year-old sm small batch, and this is the Distiller Select, the four-year single barrel. Once again, a lot of layers on this guy. Oh, that's good. Absolutely. That's a single barrel. You get that cherry up front. You get the vanilla and caramel. Then it goes into that pipe tobacco with that just hint of smoke on the back end. So it's very unique. With that, I love those layers. It's not boring one-dimensional. Yeah, and that's a thing. Two people get turned off a little bit when they're not big, big sweet tooths. That they think bourbon is sweet, and a lot of bourbons can be sweet and not complex. This is sweet and then stops being sweet and then is complex. Correct. I like. I, oh, that's good. I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, we're very proud of it for sure. You know, regular birthright won a double gold medal at the New York International Spirits Competition last year. So we're definitely that was our first bourbon we ever released. We're pretty proud of that. We think this four-year distiller select is really taking it to the next level as well. Don't get me wrong. I still love our regular small batch. That's just a an everyday sipper, easy to go, along with the heritage as well. Right. Have you guys thought about doing a bonded at all? So we probably will. Um, when our regular small batch gets to uh, four years old, okay. we'll switch it over because it's 100 proof already. Ah. Um, so it's easy just to make it a bottled and bond at that point when it hits that four-year-old mark. Cool. I know the bottled and bond thing is kind of a... It's a, it's a cool marketing thing. It's cool, yeah. It yeah. is great. I mean, it does tell you something about it. You know, you right. know, it's at least 100 proof, minimum four years, one distillery, one season. So at least it's giving you some information by having that on there. Yeah. And as a business, we like those, those milestones, right? So that right. would be the next uh, big milestone for Malarkey, for Kevin, and for our brown age spirits. Having the two and a half year old, then the four year, uh, now the barrel strengths, 
certainly the brutalities. Uh, you know, I'm looking here. We've got five brown whiskeys. You know, I was just telling you earlier, we started <laughs> exactly. with clear spirits and now yeah. we're, we're sampling uh, five brown whiskeys, all very unique and all different. So again, when you come full circle to the whiskey drinker, we, we hope to have something that, that, that resonates with their palate. And then on the whole other side of the, uh, of the table, we have the infused whiskeys, the vodka and the gin that, uh, that resonates with non-whiskey drinkers, cocktail drinkers, mixologists, things, those folks. Right, right. What is your best seller? What do people love the most? We move, we move a lot of vodka. Okay, so vodka, I, I would assume. Vodka, uh, as a clear spirit, is the most drank spirit in the world uh, globally. Uh, uh, vodka is, and it's no different in our, our region. Uh, and we have a wonderful seasonality to some of our products. The cinnamon-infused whiskey uh, sells wonderfully in uh, the fall and the winter, uh, where then it ta- tapers off to our 3 tea whiskey. Our 3T whiskey picks up in the spring and summer. So we have some of that and then some of the staples in between. The gin is year-round, right. 12 months of the year, which is nice. The, the gin, which we we always enjoy when folks say they're not gin drinkers, we love to just sort of twist around by saying, well, just give ours a try and, and open up your, your, your mind and, 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 and release some of those um, uh, bad, bad memories, if you will. <laughs> and when they do, they recognize it's a softer gin. It's uh, I call it a for those folks I, when I can tell I just call it a, a juniper infused vodka. I say it's a, <laughs> not a, a basically dysfunctional family Christmas gin where you're hitting you upside the head with a Christmas tree. You right. don't get that big pine salt taste to it. It's more the uh, lavender, the floral, the citrus coming out on it. Yeah, so that's I, I'm not a gin drinker, and I. I, I I grew up with my mom liking beef eater, and Correct. I'm just like, you know what? And w- you're right, <laughs> and, and we wouldn't. We also did, and maybe it was a general generational thing. So we just didn't care to enjoy that spirit. What Poppy did is he brought, he introduced very um, uh, harmonious and softer botanicals that pushed the juniper and the pine, the cardamom and the coriander, the, the, the classic gins and uh, flavors to the back, mm-hmm. and brought out a, a, a more of a softer gin. And so it makes a, a lovely uh, gin and tonic in particular, but all the gin drinks that are very classical, the Gimlets, the Gibsons, the Palomas, uh, the, the Palomas, yeah. certainly a gin martini with a, with a, with a, uh, with an olive is, is just very crisp, very clean. Yeah. And gin drinkers in particular uh, tout it as such. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I've, I've loved exploring because I'm a whiskey guy, right? I'm probably first and foremost, I'm a scotch guy. I love okay. scotch. Yeah. Bourbon's number two. It's slowly climbing back up to being equal okay. as, as I do this. But they, <laughs> I I love going to distilleries that are primarily whiskey. And then they're like, you know, we should do a gin. Or they started with a gin or a vodka to pay their bills. Correct. Waiting for four years or two years to make their their, their whiskey. Correct. And age it. Um, and it's I've come around to a lot of different cocktails and, and, and gins and vodkas that I'm like, this is yep. so different. And I'm curious because I've run into a couple of distilleries that have a separate still just for their gin because putting the botanicals in the pot can just be a nightmare to clean. Are you doing that or are you? So we actually don't put the botanicals in the pot. We've got a gin basket. So we basically open ah. up the gin basket and put all the ingredients for either our gin or for our salsa. We do it the same way. Put them in the gin basket. Then the alcohol vapor rises through all the ingredients in the basket and kind of picks it up. We think you get a better flavor by using that basket as opposed to steeping them in the pot itself. That way it makes it a little bit easier. We're pretty much cleaning the uh, the gin basket, cleaning out the, the pot with some of the stuff that goes back into it and kind of running water through our lines. It's real easy to clean that stuff out that way. That's called the Dutch process? or it, I've, I've heard... Lon- well, it's London a London dry. dry. London, dry. London dry. Yes, yes. 
and there's very very little if any contamination to the next batch and obviously once it's cleaned yeah yeah that's awesome yeah did did that take experimenting or did you i mean how much did you did you actually learn going starting and doing different things and then you know getting the money to actually invest in the, the process you, you know, uh, Poppy and my brother uh, uh, experimented quite a bit at the house, and and they would be the first to tell you they made a lot of stuff that they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't uh, give not only to me but to anybody else for that matter. But that was also the fun part is um, the experiment the exper- experimental part. Uh, and uh, Kevin has since dialed everything in, so everything that we have now is very consistent in how we make it. And um, you know, going back to you know having a, a lot of products, probably more products probably the most products of, of a Virginia distillery. Um, Kevin and Poppy uh, treat it like each, each, each spirit, each product is, is a child, right? And you love them all the same. And, and some need uh, a little bit more tending than others at times. But at the end of the day, um, we, uh, they're able to scale and promote a certain product based on the market. Uh, not so much what they're looking to do, but what the market what tells us that the market wants. And that's uh, given us the flexibility to scale certain products fairly quickly and now very consistently. Gotcha. That's so cool. Uh, what, how, part of the experimentation process is putting your own flair on it, right? So how much have you been able to say, hey, I'm Kevin, I want to do this? Or do you have to run it by Jim first and say, hey, do you mind if I put some uh, coffee in your barrel? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty, they pretty much give us free reign to do stuff. I mean, they know that you know we're not going to do something that's not going to come out good um or if it doesn't come out good we do have that vodka column there one of our owners calls it the big eraser so if anything ever happens we can run it through the still and rip all the flavor out because vodka is a neutral spirit so we can't save anything that way but especially the brutalities even if it's a fruit vegetable herb or some species of small animal we put an alcohol to see what it tastes like for the infusions (laughs) we're always trying stuff to see what happens with it Um, whether it's that or the you know the experiments with the brutalities or even the bourbons i mean just by you know, I said, I want a number four char. I like that big, heavy taste, and I like the colors that come out of that. They said, whatever you want, go take care of it and make it happen, and let's see what happens. So sure. they've been wonderful, great people to work for, great family-owned, family-run business that treat me like family, which is tremendous. Sounds like you're keeping your job. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's doing well. Yeah, and and you'll see um, uh, the experimental side is, is not only in the distillation process, but also in our cocktail process process oh sure you'll find that poppy's uh, has uh things on included in his cocktails on the menu that uh, he's looking for feedback from our guests and frankly uh banana whiskey salsa whiskey and some of the others that are now lines in our in our family portfolio um started very humbly in jars in the tasting room that kevin and poppy were having our guests give them immediate feedback that's cool. And so that's going to continue always with not only Poppy and Ke- Kevin, but Malarkey. That's what has allowed us to continue to, to to innovate like we do. I think one thing unique about us here is Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday at 4.30 and 5.30, we've got a cocktail lounge here. Poppy's got about 50 cocktails on the menu, everything from old fashions and Manhattans to chocolate hazelnut truffles and lemon meringue pies. So there's something for everybody here and people really appreciate he thinks in flavors. He's a genius when it comes to coming up with these cocktails. I always say they keep me back here for a reason. You do not want me behind that bar trying to make you a drink. That's right. why we have him. That's that's cool though that you're you're allowing that instant feedback from your guests and and giving that. I mean, man, it, it that salsa whiskey that I tried at the Spirits Expo mm. was phenomenal, and I never I didn't think I would like it. 
Right. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's very neat. Once people try you know, it, they're like blown away because it literally smells and tastes just like salsa. Like I said, a Bloody Mary, a spicy margarita, even a shot of it's just amazing. Yeah. And I can only imagine uh, what kind of cocktails you can concoct with that outside of just those, but extreme flavors, right? So uh, we're limited to three ounces per person per day being a distillery tasting room. Uh, that sort of forces us to uh, to promote the most savory cocktails that you can enjoy, two of them, for two for an hour and a half. Sip it, enjoy it, uh, taste every 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 sip. Uh, half of our um, our cocktails are paired to some degree with a garnish that's edible, whether it's a beef piece of beef jerky or chips and salsa cookie. with with our salsa or or a seasonal cookie. Uh, things that you take a little bite, you take a little sip, you take a little bite, you take a little sip, and it's just a uh, uh, it's a lovely experience for our guests. Very cool. That's, I, I love it. I, lo- I love that community. That, that, I mean, do you have a lot of people who travel who come from out of the state that show up here, or is it mostly Virginians who show up? Well, it, it, it truly is a, 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 a community-driven uh, cocktail lounge yeah. and, and distillery. However, uh, being as, as close as we are to Jiffy Lube Live, where they have 26 venues a year with over 10,000 folks, there's a lot of cars that go, through our, go, go by our front door. Um, also being a leader in craft distilling in Virginia, we're now on that map of being within festivals in Virginia Beach, Richmond, uh, Charlottesville, Northern Virginia. So folks come and go, it, they, 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 it, they do see us more now than they ever have. And uh, while, they, um, while they might not traveling specifically for, for, to, to come here for Malarkey from Maryland or in inner DC or Arlington, Alexandria, there's so many other o- options out here Malarkey's definitely a, a stop along their way. We do get quite a few people visit from out of town. Fam- family comes in, then they make a, a make it sure that they stop here every time they come by after they've been here once. Sure. I'm kind of curious how many carbon copies there are of me. And I'm, I mean, God, I'm one of probably a billion whiskey people who are like, well, I'm in a town. I might as well go try one of the distilleries. Absolutely. No and I, I'm probably nine times out of 10 going to go to the one that I've never heard of. Sure. You know, if I've yeah. been to Kentucky how many times? I've been a Jim Beam. It's great. Mm. It's a beautiful experience. Yes. But I'm going to find that one little local place that's only available in Kentucky. Correct. And probably same goes for Virginia. You know, it's like when I moved here, I had never heard of Marlarkey. I've heard of a couple different Virginia spirits. But but speaking of Virginia, Virginia is known for its rye. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do a rye or are you going to? So we, we've done a, a rye that we put in a barrel for a brutality that at some point in the future, you know, if it comes out, people like it. We'll look. We get asked that a lot. I mean, I'm a big bourbon guy. Rye's okay to me, but you know if the market demands it, we might go down that path at some point. Okay, rye's a popular spirit, no question. There's a lot of rye out there. It's grown. There's not a lot of Virginia rye, um, so we it would be a nice differentiator. Should uh, should we choose to go that route? Um, as we mentioned earlier, we, these five five brown whiskeys currently are uh, are, uh, are 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 keeping Kevin busy. Um, but uh, a, a, a rye whiskey would be something that we certainly would consider in the future. Very cool. Are there any fun experiments that you can disclose that we can look forward to? Well, we uh, with the brutality line, there's been some fun ones, and uh, I know uh, Kevin would probably tell you a little bit about Rum Larky. That was a fun oh, one. Um, absolutely. We've, we've done ones with uh, with a pear brandy. That was a cool one. Um, we so. dis- we've distilled some beer before and blended it with some whiskey and added it in there. Uh, we actually got some wine that was a uh, winery went out of business and distilled the wine and have put it into several different uh, barrels, new charred, used charred, uncharred wine barrel. 
uh, possibly will blend that with some heritage or some bourbon down the road as well for a brutality down the line. So a lot of collaboration with breweries as well, like we did with Tucked Away and Ornery here. We've done stuff with Cedar Run, have done stuff with Tin Cannon, have done stuff with all the local breweries in the area here. Sure. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Any any other things with uh, your other spirits like vodkas or gins? Any unique well, things? Well, not uh, just the infusions, um, right. but nothing scalable at this time. Uh, we we do believe that we we have a, a lot of folks, a lot of spirits in our stable to to to, to work with and sell. Um, but the seasonality of of cocktail making will always include uh, or allow Poppy to steep pears in the fall and blackberries in the spring or fall and uh, uh, pineapple in the, in, the, in the summer and strawberries and things of that nature. Um, we don't anticipate uh, expanding a vodka line to infused vodkas. There's certainly plenty of those out there on the shelves. And frankly, we wouldn't be able to um, uh, to scale those as as cost effective as the big boys do. Right. Just, uh, but but the big boys aren't aren't, aren't looking to scale their, their a, a white whiskey infused with all natural ingredients like we have. So we do believe that that is our differentiator, and that would be the opportunity for us to continue to grow in that regard. Is there anyone out there who's doing that that you've seen, or are, are you kind of paving the way for that market? Because I, to be quite honest, I have I've done a little bit of digging, and Merlarkey's the only big name brand. Yeah, I think we're the only ones that I can think of that aren't adding the sugar stuff in there. You yeah, know, doing the the moonshines, they're all sugared up, which is fine for some people. But yeah. we like you can always add sugar or simple syrup. You can never take it away once it's in there. Right, so that gives us a lot of flexibility for us. And like I said, we get kind of that credibility by not having it all sugared up and sickly sweet. So we are pretty unique in that respect. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep driving forward. That's a cool cool little you know path you can pave your absolutely own way right and carve your own path. jim said it's a differentiator by yeah. not having that sugar and by having all those different flavors we've got i think 15 different products out there right now so that's quite a bit for a distillery when you look at it that way yeah i was surprised when i was browsing your website a while back i was like this guy's got a lot of stuff and yeah I, I mean i'm a whiskey guy but i i of course the whiskey brings me here i try different things and i walk home with a bottle that's not whiskey right that's awesome and seven different <laughs> products of those seven or six or seven of those that are gold oh, international Correct. gold medal winners so i mean um, you know, the goal isn't to have, uh, 25 <laughs> products with, uh, 10 gold, uh, 15 gold medals. It's really just a, uh, dial into what we, what we make well, what yeah. the, what the consumer thinks we make well and, um, make it as consistent and, and well as we do. Awesome. It's got to taste good and smell good at the end of the day. That's the bottom line, really. Hey, that's right. That's right. I think we have one more here to try. Uh, yep. We've got, um, did, yeah, did yep. you try the four-year-old? No. No, not nope. yet. Did I not pour you one? All right, here we go. Give you this one. Give me that right there. Beautiful. Nice, healthy pour. Mm. And what's the proof on that? That's 103.2. Man, that does not feel like 100. Right, that's- and that's barrel proof, so no water added to it, just right out of the barrel. Sure. Oh, man. Easy drinking. It drinks like an 80 proof bourbon. Absolutely. Got that good mouthfeel though. It's not thin. Yeah. So, which is definitely nice. Mm. What about any like single malts or you know, Irish we've done whiskey a, copies? We've done a couple uh, malted whiskeys for brutalities in the past where yeah. it's 60, 70% malt with a little bit of corn in there. Um, the Irish whiskey, the Heritage whiskey is closest in style to that. It's not made like an Irish whiskey, but with that red wine charred barrel in there, it really drinks a lot closer to an Irish style whiskey like yeah. a Red Breast or a. Um, yellow spot or a Jameson or one of those kind of things. Cool. Cool. 
Well, this is this has been great. Um, I I will say that the Smokehouse Bourbon, as far as just a, a Smokehouse whiskey. I'm sorry, <laughs> just I, to I be sure. That, I said that before too. <laughs> smokehouse whiskey, as far as something that really just knocks you off your feet, as like what expectation unique. and unique. That is probably and it's just the story that you're cooking bacon. I mean, good lord. When you're doing that, tell me when you're. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. What do you guys have a a, a favorite like a, a, a your baby that you've really enjoyed that this is this is our we go home and sleep good at night because we made this. For me, it's our heritage and our birthright. Really, I'm a bourbon guy, so really I gravitate towards those. So those are my nightly sippers. Basically, that's what I drink here. One of those two on the rocks, basically, and that that's kind of it. Beautiful. I, I love an old fashioned at night, uh, so the heritage whiskey really really resonates well with 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 myself. But um, and we drink a, a, tr- a tremendous amount of our vodka, which is, which is great. The the one thing I think though that when I lay my head down at night, one of my most proud of is the more I'm in our tasting room, the more I'm around uh, folks at at festivals and all, and their their eyes light up when they try the smokehouse or they try the salsa whiskey or they buy a bottle of tea whiskey because it's the summer. Um, or they're gonna have gonna enjoy a a cinnamon whiskey and apple cider in the fall. Seeing them enjoy that makes us the most proud because everybody's unique in terms of their palate and what they're looking for. Right. And for us, our goal is to not only make an instant connection of welcomeness to to the tasting room or uh, a festival in particular, but then try to find a common ground of what they like to drink. And if they like a certain area, whether it's whiskey, vodka, gin, or infusions, uh, we steer them that way, and you just get to see their eyes open, and that's that's gratifying. Yeah, all, all of our flavor infusions are really, you can make really simple cocktails with one ingredient, maybe two ingredients. It doesn't take you 12 ingredients in half an hour to make a drink. <laughs> 10 seconds, you add lemonade to the 3T whiskey, got an amazing summer cocktail. You can't go wrong. Oh, I'm sure. Well, hey, that I mean... Especially when you're like three or four cocktails deep, you don't want to have all that extra science going <laughs> no, on. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, well, hey, you guys have some of the best jobs in the world, I'm sure. Get no to doubt. taste things as you go. Um, I, I appreciate you having me here. I appreciate you sharing your story and your spirits. Absolutely. I did want to bring one thing up. We are moving to a new location. Oh, that's right. You told me off. So off we are building a 30,000 square foot distillery about four miles from here on the Two Silos Farm Brew Live campus. Uh, we should be in there this time next year. We will be ex- expanding tremendously, so I think that's pretty exciting uh, as everything goes as well. Are you keeping this location? or This will eventually go away. Okay. Correct. Correct. We will transition out of here once we're fully operational over there, um, and uh, and we'll leave what's been a wonderful chapter for our company, our, our, our startup company, uh, here at this location. It was received very well in the community. Uh, we have a great uh, landlord partner here, and uh, we're excited to uh, continue to grow over at uh, the Two Silos Farm Brew Live. We pretty much quadruple in production when we're over there, so it's going to get uh, bigger, better. Keep keep it going. Keep the quality there. Yeah, hey, well, that's more things to sample. Absolutely. <laughs> but I say, if we don't take Uber home, it's a bad day at work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that a, can you expense that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have an awesome space here, and I look forward to seeing the new space. Um, but you have great spirits and a great story, so I, I appreciate both of you. So, Thank you very much. Really pleasure. appreciate you coming Thank out. You. Thanks. Of course. Of Cheers. Course. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The more reviews, the easier we are to find. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on social media so you never miss any of our updates. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and always be sure to drink responsibly. There are quite literally thousands of distilleries, so we're just getting started. Stay tuned for more conversations with master distillers, distillery owners, mixologists, and even bar owners, and more. Cheers. Cheers.